From WLPP LPFM in Palinville, New York, this is Worlds of Adventure. I'm Susan Davis. This is Worlds of Adventure, WLPP's weekly drama series. Each week, we will take you away to worlds of the imagination through the magic of tabletop role-playing games. Tonight, we're going to create an entire world to explore using a game called Microscope. If you're unfamiliar with role-playing games such as Dungeons & Dragons, that's just fine because the games we're going to be playing on this show work a little differently. For one thing, a game that relies on tracking a lot of statistics or on moving miniature figures around on a table filled with scenery isn't going to work on the radio because you, the listener, can't see those things. Most role-playing games have a moderator or game master and a cast of players. The game master creates a world and a situation for the players to react to. In essence, the game master is the writer, the director, and all the bit parts, and the players are the main cast who ad-lib a lot and who can change the outcome of the action. On this show, we're still going to have a game moderator who will play the modern roles and keep the participants focused. But all five of us will be able to create new characters, new settings, and new situations, and to act as the director. We'll be something like an improv troupe, but for drama rather than comedy. Not that we won't have lighthearted moments. Tonight, however, we'll be dispensing entirely with a game master. We're going to create the game world that we will explore over the the next few episodes tonight using a game called Microscope. First of all, let's meet our cast. Rachel Young. Hello. Hi. Ben Feldman. Hello. Amanda Yilmaz. Hi. And I'm Susan Davis. Tonight, we've got three possible seeds for our game world that we're going to select between. Ben, would you read the first one for us? Civilization has crumbled from the ashes. Dinosaurs. And Rachel, would you read the second one? In the future, there will be trees, because there aren't any now. And the third one is, the Earth Mother and the Sky Father compete for the allegiance of the first civilizations at the the dawn of humanity. Dinosaurs are rock, trees are paper, Earth Mother is scissors. One, two, three. Everybody picked rocks. Tonight, we're going to create a future history from the the seed that civilization has collapsed and from the the ashes, dinosaurs. That leaves open some questions. Are the dinosaurs, are they going to found a new civilization of their own? We can explore what kinds of things happened in the collapse. We can, uh, what other questions present themselves about uh, this little tidbit here? Like there's a civilization before the dinosaurs, um, perhaps um, that got wiped out in the Permian extinction. And that, by reference, brings in another uh, another question: is is this happening in the past or the future? Is this happening on Earth or is this happening on another uh, on a fictional world? What sort of civilization was it before? All really good stuff. That is our big picture. The second thing we need to do is we need to make bookends for history. We're going to pick the beginning and the ending period for our, our history to start with. Now, in Microscope, there are three different levels of time. There are periods, which are large ages. There are events where major world things happen. 
And then finally, there are scenes that we're going to play out. And the scenes each provide the answer to a question about something interesting in the game world. All three kinds can be either light or dark, and that's very subjective. We need to create a beginning and an ending to our story. And as we go, we're going to fill in the details in the middle. The obvious thing that it sounds like for the beginning is that we'd be starting with a bang. There's an apocalypse that happens that wipes out the, the old civilization. Are we agreed on that, or does anybody else have a different starting point that they'd like to start with? It could be self-inflicted. Mm -hmm. Civilization has inflicted a apocalyptic existence on themselves. It's not that there's an event that it's, it's gotten very bad and it kind of it kind of trails off. Right, exactly. So uh, what comes to mind, obviously, is like, you know, the Jurassic Park end of the world version, you know, where we created dinosaurs and then, you know, dinosaurs subsume us. Or like overcome us or the cause of the, oh, you know, of the crumbling okay. of the civilization or something like that. So this, this all sounds like we're starting with the apocalypse. Sounds like it. Yes. Yeah. And that sounds dark. So where are we ending? Where are we going with this? Dinosaurs reading Shakespeare. Dinosaurs <laughs> reading Shakespeare. So that's the, the happy, optimistic case. They, re they build a new civilization that flourishes and creates artistic achievement. I think, so, I think for the finale, it could be like a history repeats itself type situation. Yeah, so that's that's the dark version is... Well, I, I, it could be, but it could also be that they've learned from all of our mistakes or whatever the civilization is and have corrected all of those problems, become self-intelligent or self-aware and fixed all of humanity's tropes. Listen to the next asteroid comes along. <laughs> so we're starting dark. Uh, previous civilization is destroyed. And we're ending light. Dinosaurs' civilization flourishes. Are we all agreed on that? I like it. Sounds good. So the next thing that we're going to do is we're going to create our palette. We're going to create a palette of elements that are either explicitly allowed or explicitly not allowed in the setting that we're creating. So things that you would normally expect to find in the setting, you don't have to mention as yeses because it's assumed that they have them. So you don't have to say yes, dinosaurs, because we know there are going to be dinosaurs. Conversely, things that you don't expect to have in there, you don't need to explicitly for forbid. So, for example, you don't have to say no functional magic because we haven't mentioned that magic works at all. You could say yes, functional magic, and we'll have a, a world of magic and dinosaurs. You could say no flying dinosaurs or no swimming dinosaurs, or and that, that would go on, on the no palette. We're going to go around the table, and everybody has a turn to add something to either the yes column or the no column. You don't have to. First round, all four of us uh, are going to add something. For subsequent rounds, you can pass. At the end of the round, if, if nobody passed, we'll have another round. Nobody will wind up adding two more things to the palette than, than anyone else. If there's something that you really don't like that's going on here, we can negotiate. Nobody should be really very unhappy about what, what goes into the palette. 
these are going to be the restrictions that we're going to work under in creating our uh, our future history. Ben, why don't you go first? No flying dinosaurs. No flying dinosaurs. Everybody good with that? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean that they can't. Maybe there can be little flying lizards. They can't they're not part fly of in an airplane, okay. but ah. they can't fly with wings. Okay. So no wings. That, maybe that's a little better. Cool. Let's go to Rachel. I'm not sure if this counts as one, but I like the idea of exploring the trope of like sustainability versus like ag- aggressive consumption. So, so how um, consumption versus sustainability? Consumption versus sustainability. So that those forces are still playing out. Okay, so yes, in arguments about discussions about sustainability. Sure. I'm going to say yes to extra planar travel. Uh, okay. Just to throw just to throw a curveball in here. Extra planar. You can open portals and go to go to other worlds. Sounds good. I actually like the idea of the, the travel being planetary. Okay, that sounds like a yes item for you yes. to add on in so, the next round. Amanda. I don't know. For some reason, I'm thinking some of the dinosaurs smoke. <laughs> and it's a controversy. Yeah, they learned of their prior ancestors and how they died by an asteroid. <laughs> Okay, so that's that's round one. We have three yeses and one no so far. So Ben, we're back to you. No government. That would be a very interesting restriction. My yes, which I put out there before, was planetary travel. I think I want to add another no, because our no list is kind of thin, and that puts some interesting restrictions on things. So there's interplanetary travel, but let's have no spaceships. Okay. The dinosaurs traveling to other planets will do it by by portals, or they'll they'll do it by giant slingshot or inventing a transporter beam. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. I like the slingshot. That's super fun. <laughs> it's like Mario Galaxy, how he like hops from planet to planet. Back to you, Amanda. You're also entitled to pass. Here's a real curveball. What if they never invented the wheel? No wheel. They have all this technology, but they don't have any that rolls per se. <laughs> <laughs> Could that be done, or do you think it's too? Or do you think that's too difficult? Uh, what does everybody think? Um, I don't know. Wheel opens it up to like a lot of things, like gears, moving parts. Maybe no wheeled vehicles. Oh, I guess it would sort of go. I mean, because if they invented a teleporter or something, then yeah, then but they don't have buses or things to get there. Yeah, they can walk. Around. They can walk everywhere. They love tubes. Or pogo sticks. If you've got magic portals that could take you everywhere, why bother Why bother inventing trucks? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And Ben, we're back to you for round three. I feel like I should make a yes one, since both of mine are no's. But I'm so negative. <laughs> <laughs> we have four yeses and four no's, so either direction is equally good. Yes to an uprising. Does that make sense? Is that... It does, except if there's no government, what are they operating? What, what is the exactly. uprising against? Oh. Well, there could be no formal government, but there could be bands, you know, some of which are sort of more or less uh, criminal and sort of uh, rule. Well, does that count as a government, though? Uh, one idea I had is perhaps the dinosaurs are biologically predisposed to anarchists, and maybe the uprising is what I was going to say for my next yes, which was aliens. Aliens! Maybe the aliens want to enslave the dinosaurs. I'm going to pass because our palette is getting kind of big. And we'll finish up with Amanda. If you want to throw one more thing on the list, you can. 
was going to say a shortage of women dinosaurs, but so, or maybe, uh, or but 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 maybe there should be something in the no column. I don't know. Gender imbalance. That's a good seed for a crisis. Now, just because something is is on the yes column doesn't mean that it's in the game until somebody actually uh, actually writes an event or a scene that introduces it. It just means that it's perfectly fine to uh, to throw any of these things in. Things that are on that are on the no list are definitely no nos. The gender imbalance could go the other way. Yeah, um, it, it could be right. Yeah. It, it could be a, a shortage either way. Yeah. Um, and who's to say that the, the, the dinosaurs have the same kinds of, uh, of gender roles that, that humans do? Very good. It could be that the, the, the female dinosaurs are running things and that the, the males are... Um... Yeah, that's a good point. They may be completely different. I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. <laughs> now let's review the palette that we've defined. In our palette, we have discussions about sustainability. Extraplanar travel, smoking dinosaurs, interplanetary travel, an uprising, aliens, a gender imbalance, no winged dinosaurs, no government, no spaceships, and no wheeled vehicles. That's our palette. You are listening to Worlds of Adventure with Susan Davis, Amanda Yilmaz, Rachel Young, and Ben Feldman. In tonight's episode, we are creating the setting that we'll be using throughout our pilot series. We're using a tool called Microscope to do it. And now, back to the action. Now we're going to move on to the the next phase, which is going to be the first round. So everybody can add one period or one event to our timeline. For an event to exist, it has to go inside a period. If you have an event that you're thinking of, uh, you might want to introduce the period that it's going to occur in, and then you can, you can add the event later on as we, uh, as we go around. So I'm going to introduce an Age of Chaos. This would be a period after the, uh, after the, the ashes of the apocalypse where the dinosaurs are overrunning the, the world. There is no structure or no order. And I'm going to throw a curveball and make this a light age. Um, it, has a, it has a seed of hope in it. I'm making a period where <laughs> the aliens make contact. Aliens and it's make going contact. To be a dark period. It's going to be a dark period. So fill this in with your uh, your marker uh, in the circle to indicate that it is dark. There you go. And when you add a new period, you can you can put it in any gap. You you can't put it before the beginning or after the end, but you can insert it in between any any two periods you want. Okay, so I've got the last human makes a device to enable interplanetary travel possible, and that's a light under under previous, the previous, previous civilization. civilization is destroyed age. Yeah. Good. So we're sure the previous civilization was humans. Now we are. There are a couple of rules we'll go into, one of which is the rule of improv. Don't contradict anything that we've already established. So if somebody somebody lays it down that there was a last human that created this thing, that, that means that there were humans who were participants in the, in the previous civilization. doesn't mean that there were, weren't also dwarves and elves and orcs and, and other things. Um, we haven't actually mentioned that in the palette one way or the other. It doesn't mean necessarily that it's our world, but it still could be. 
Are we just making up things ad hoc to put we're, down? We're or? each putting one thing down. Okay. A period. Somewhere. Or an event. A period or an event. A period or an event. This is our, our first round. Now, when we create this world in Microscope, is this the same game we're going to carry forward when we do Drama System? Yes. We wind up playing some dinosaurs in our uh, Drama System session. I love this idea. Right. I'll mention that this is the last point at which we can do this throwing around of ideas to each other. Once we get into actual play, one of the main rules is don't collaborate. So come up with your own ideas, and we're, gonna, we're going to have our ideas bounce off each other. I really like your idea about Shakespeare okay. and, a, and an idea of a dinosaur renaissance, like growing out of discovering the dark ages of man kind of thing. I think that's a fantastic period for history. It might actually be really good in here, too. Shakespeare come from? Did they, did they have some kind of preserved record, or is this a new dinosaur hey, Shakespeare? Answer that question and write down the answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perhaps the aliens know about Shakespeare, and then the dinosaurs learn about it through the aliens, through, say, some victory over the aliens. Or uh, maybe there was no Shakespeare, human Shakespeare in this world, but there is a dinosaur Shakespeare. There you go. So, uh, so make the dinosaur Shakespeare have his day. Okay. Or her day. Okay. Her. Raptor and Juliet. <laughs> All right. So far, we have the previous civilization is destroyed. And in that period, the last human makes a device to enable interplanetary travel to be possible. Following the previous civilization is destroyed, there's a period, the Age of Chaos, which is light. Following that, there is Aliens Make Contact, and that is dark. And finally, there's a period, the Dinosaur Civilization Flourishes, that is light. And Dinosaur Shakespeare Has Her Day, which is also light, which is an event in, in that period. From now on, we can't collaborate with each other. We need to come up with our own ideas and bring them to table. Or rather, we are collaborating through the mechanism of the game, but we need to not do that in ways outside that, that specific mechanism. So you mean we're throwing in curveballs, basically? Exactly. So microscope is a little bit like poker. Keep your best ideas close to your vest until you're ready to actually play them. It's going to be a much more interesting world when we surprise each other. And that's why we're not collaborating, is to avoid groupthink and to come up with something that's got all of the creativity of the four of us in it. What's going to happen next is we're going to go around in different rounds, and each round somebody is going to be the lens. I'm going to be the lens first because I'm explaining the game. Each time the lens is going to pick out a particular moment in history to focus on. It's better if it's something specific. So a grand theme that intercuts the entire timeline is less good as a lens. This is more focusing in on some piece of the timeline that we're, that we're interested in. The lens is going to start and end a round of turns. The lens can introduce two nested things, so they can introduce a period and an event within it, or an event that has a scene within it. The other players are still limited to introducing periods or events or scenes, one at a time. I'll go first as an example. 
And I'm going to pick the fall of the humans as my first focus. We're all going to go around and we're going to add one thing to the timeline about the humans falling. So I'm going to start off with a scene. And I'm going to put a scene inside Ben's event. So let's talk about scenes. Scenes are done to answer a question. So every scene starts with a question. The question we're going to answer is, why didn't the last human use the interplanetary travel device to save humanity? Now we're going to set the stage. What do we already know from the history? When is this taking place? What's going on? This is happening during the fall of human civilization. This is going to take place inside a government laboratory. It's always a government laboratory. So Except that, there's no government. This is before from the power. Ah, company this is laboratory. But this, this is a, this is a corporate, a corporate, a corporate, a corporate laboratory. laboratory. Does that mean no government of any kind, even in the human age, or does it only? It doesn't just refer to dinosaurs. Then when just you have a, uh, we've we've banned it from our palette, so we're not going to have one. So it's, it's there's not no government whatsoever anywhere in the game. Period. Ah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. The, there may have been one for context going back, but from here on, right. uh, it's it's gone. So there's there's a laboratory. The next thing that's going to happen is we're going to choose characters. I can ban and or require certain characters. So I'm going to require a brilliant scientist, and I'm going to ban any soldiers. We're going to go around in reverse order, and we're going to pick out who our characters are, are going to be. I will play the, the scientist. I will play the bumbling assistant. Okay. I'll play the corporate CEO that is completely oblivious to the entire situation. Hmm. What if an accounting department guy would be? Uh, would be? Would make sense here? Sure. Somebody who's just basically complaining about all the money going to this or something. Right. Uh, or is there a profit to this? We push in on the the interior of the lab. There's lots of equipment everywhere with lights and switches. There's a very impressive machine with a hexagonal portal that's just an, an open frame and it's got some lights on it and that are blinking. There are a couple of patterns on it that glow. There are steps leading, leading up to it. Um, nearby there's a big console. Several people are walking around uh, wearing lab coats. We've chosen our characters, we've set the stage. We're going to go around and reveal what each of our characters is thinking at the start of the scene. I'm thinking that I'm outraged that the company management can't see the, uh, the, uh, the benefit of my work to, uh, to all of humanity and is instead wanting to weaponize it. I think, can I cut in? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the CEO is uh, actually not in the facility. He's on a helicopter on his way to a golf. So he has no interest in being a part of this, but it's he's being called in because of this. So you're annoyed at being yeah. uh, at being interrupted when you're, you're going golf. How about you, Rachel? Yeah, I think my name is Samantha and I'm largely just interested in 
I think I'm largely just interested in sort of pleasing my superiors. And although I'm interested somewhat vaguely in the research, I'm not really qualified to be here. Okay. And Amanda, you're the accounting department. What, what's your motivation here? Uh, my name is, I gotta think of a nice name, um, Rick McKinnock. Uh, <laughs> Just completely annoyed and just about on the point of uh, you to cease this all this all this oasis is pie in the sky i'm here to try to argue the the case you know to shut it down right now the players are on the stage we've set the stage we're ready to go and action mr mechanic uh as you can see here we're um we've got the the stage one prototype ready to go we just need we need funding for the uh for the power supply in order to be able to, to use this or or all of or 14 years of research is going to go to waste well the 14 years of research you know you know that was the previous regime but now i'm on watch now and i say you, you know, see, I just don't see the money here. You don't see the money here. Global warming has destroyed our environment. If humanity is going to have a future, we need this interplanetary portal to be able to find resources from new new lands. Uh, I, I'm sorry, uh, sorry, sir. Here's your coffee. Oh, sorry, I spilt it. Uh, damn, I'm so clumsy. You know, if you're not going to approve our funding, I, I have no choice. I'm going to have to call the CEO. Do you want for my life, sir? Uh, this is uh, this is Dr. Fraunhofer. And, yeah, uh, I know uh, who it is. I have caller ID. Get to the point, <laughs> sir. We're ready to begin our test with the, the stage one interplanetary portal. How much is it going to cost me? We, we need thirteen million dollars. Thirteen million dollars? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to ask. Can you get a load of this? I mean, for God's sake. Thir but yeah, I don't think you understand, sir. Humanity's future is at stake. No, I don't think you understand. I will give you twenty. Yeah. For me, to, for you to get me off this phone, I have no interest in being here. I have a tea time in twenty minutes. And I think we've answered the question at this point. So CEO approves it just to get them off his uh, back, or CEO? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's you, interesting. Oh, so you, you here's you, you, twenty million dollars. Get away! From, leave me alone. We, what? We, <laughs> <laughs> what do you, do you know? What you're? Hey, oh. no, do you know what you're? Do you, do you know what you're doing? I mean, these people is going on this wild goose chase. I, you know, why aren't we making air conditioners for God's sake? Dr. Frenhauer, does this, um, I'm sorry, but I, f I forgot to turn the, I forgot to turn the unit off. I think I may have burnt, uh, I think I may have burnt something out. W what have you done? That's a, that's a, sparks start flying out of the, the equipment. The, the portal is destroyed and $20 million won't cover both getting back to where we are now and, uh, actually firing the thing up. Yeah. So a combination of a clumsy lab assistant and corporate uh, cheapness prevented it from actually working. And that, that sounds like a dark outcome. 
the thing I was trying to do, by the way, earlier was that I was I wasn't saying that I was trying to because he decided I was going to be like you know I said it and then click you know <laughs> he goes off his golf date but it looks like uh, the sheer incompetence of <laughs> a thinking, certain lab assistants has, uh, has I, I'm a thinking uh, result. I I had in my mind the idea of the hadron collider sort of uh, end of the world scenarios <laughs> that we kept thinking about and I was thinking that I just want to golf. There is our scene for why the why Dr. Fraunhofer's invention didn't actually save the, the old civilization. You are listening to WLPP, LPFM 102.9 in Palinville, New York. Tonight, we are creating the setting for the story that we'll be telling you through the rest of our pilot season using a game called Microscope. I'm going to place an event in yep. Aliens Make Contact. Okay. Which uh, aliens start taking dinosaurs captive for scientific research. And it's dark. I've got one. During the previous civilization is destroyed, a Google-sponsored probe was sent out from the human civilization with all human knowledge into space, which was to be found later. Amanda, we're back to you. Well, it could be all kinds of, uh, there, there's, there's lots of ways for a civilization to be destroyed. Is it a, um, I'm trying to think of whatever is the one that makes, that has the biggest Wait. possibilities for- uh, How about the one that makes you happy? Yeah. Well, the only thing I'm thinking of is something like, like say that spark goes, but I, then I don't know what it does. Does it set something a machine on fire? Does it go out and just causes the extra spark and does that one extra molecule of methane uh, into the atmosphere that just tips the balance for global oh, warming? there we go. That sounds like you have an idea. The balance is tipped for global warming? As a result of the sparks okay. uh, coming out of this thing and uh, flying like all over and then hitting something in a field outside but how does it get outside the building so, you don't have to answer all of that balance is tipped but for global warming is enough of an event to be a thing all by itself okay all right and figure out where that's going to go is that light or dark sounds well, dark it's dark where's it going because it's well it's part of this same thing this last uh, event is so during the okay. right during the discussion okay. over um over this over okay. this device this is worlds of adventure with Ben Feldman, Rachel Young, Amanda Yilmaz, and Susan Davis. Tonight, we are creating the setting that we'll be using for our pilot series using a tool called Microscope. Now we're back to me again, and I'm going to add a scene nested inside an event. The scene's going to be the dinosaur apocalypse. And that could be light because it's setting the seeds for a species that's going to survive the way that the Earth is now, or it could be dark because it's wiping out all of humanity. You see, you um, mean the dinosaurs? So, since this is all part of a uh, an age of darkness, I'm gonna I'm gonna tip it over to it being actually a dark thing. So the dinosaur apocalypse is gonna happen. And within the dinosaur apocalypse, we're going to answer the question, how did the dinosaurs come to dominate the world? 
I have a question. Mm-hmm. Why is that the dinosaur apocalypse? That dinosaurs get loose and overrun everything. Oh. The choppy monsters eat all so the humans. It, so in other words, it's in other words, it's not the end of the dinosaurs. It's the, the apocalypse brought by by brought the, forth by the dinosaurs. Yeah, you know what? I think that I think that is light after all. You convinced from, me. From the point of view of the dinosaurs, it's light. Oh yeah. Dinosaurs are going to go over, overrun the world, and so how did the dinosaurs come to overrun the world? We're going to be in a research station on a tropical island uh, in Nunavut. <laughs> and I'm going to require Dr. Melissa, and I'm going to ban the accounting department. I'm uh, hating this corporation. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa has quit and taken her portal research away with her. She's about to fire it up to test a mode that would open portals through time. Who all is here? So I'll be Melissa again. I'll be the first dinosaur in the world. I'll be the uh, head of the private military that you hired to uh, lock down this facility to make sure that nobody could come in. I'm the computer nerd. I'm thinking that, you know, this time the portal's actually going to work. I'm not burdened with my klutzy old distant or the, the skin flint accounting department at that other place. This time we've got time travel, so I can, I, I can save humanity by sending them into the past. And we can, we can prevent the world from getting screwed up in the first place. Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the military have spotted several uh, drones that are about set to attack this base that they found. There's an incoming threat. Mm-hmm. And computer nerd. Can this place have missiles of its own? They're yeah. set up. Yeah. Uh, They're ready quick, to go. Let, yeah. Okay. <laughs> quick, let me get those babies launched. Okay, so you're, you're, the two of you are very concerned with the threat from outside the compound yes. uh, of violence. You're hungry, and um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to throw the switch to open the portal. So, ready, and action. So this is finally go- going to do it, so tap, 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 tap. The portal opens, and through it comes charging a uh, herd of dinosaurs. (laughs) What do you do? Come thrashing through the portal. There's a human standing. uh, And I munch him. (laughs) Alright, so that's that's the end of Melissa Fraunhofer. I think everyone's just kind of shocked at this point. Like, there's this dinosaur that's come through this portal. And there are missiles coming. And then, uh, all of a sudden, you hear a loud boom as one of the drones. There's these drones coming in to take out our base to, to stop this happening. Have you activated our response yet? Yeah, sure thing. And then there's a loud boom as, like, a missile is dropped on the top of the... I figure this is yeah. underground. You just earth shattering, deafening sounds. And there's a breach, and (laughs) suddenly there's an opening that you can go out. (laughs) Out Dinosaurs are climbing out. Yeah, so the dinosaurs climb out, and there are some uh, 
Now there are some harder shelled humans uh, out there with funny sticks. Brunch. Munch. <laughs> they're trying. They have uh, electrified sticks, and they're trying to herd the the dinosaurs. Well, they so they wouldn't necessarily know oh, well, that there yeah. are dinosaurs, but uh, um, they they're they're worried about incoming drone attack right, from yeah. rival from the rivals. Do we have an answer to the question now? Why do the the dinosaurs overrun everything? Or how do they? Overrun? Yeah, how do they yeah. overrun everything? The portal remained open. Yeah, and they just started the ineptitude of a scientist. The portal's left open, and the, the humans who could have stopped it uh, were too busy fighting each other. Yeah, typical Hollywood. Humans and their best scientist was munched. The scientist should not have been standing so close to the portal. Such as life with dinosaurs. <laughs> we were really answering a lot of questions about the beginning about how this apocalypse happened. So to be clear, the dinosaurs came from the the portal went to the past. Where the dinosaurs yes. were. There was a portal so, to the past. Uh, is this light or dark? I mean, it's light for the dinosaurs. Yeah. I think it's dark. This is okay. This is dark for the humans. So it's l the dinosaurs uh, being here is the seed of hope for uh, for the future that's going to bring the world back. The event is dark for the humans. That's the end of the first focus. So okay. what happens at the end is the, the player to the lens is right. That would be you, Rachel, Okay, uh, is going to create a legacy. So there's pick out something that's going to survive for later. The, something the, here. Yeah. That's going to be a recurring theme in our in, in our campaign. I'm going to say a probe. So there's a pro there's the probe um, that the left with uh, bearing all of the human knowledge. Yeah. Add uh, something that, that examines that. Uh, that examines the probe? Yep. Well, I think the most obvious one is the is a dark event mm -hmm. where aliens intercept the probe. Okay. And, and I think that that should happen. Is, is it possible that it happen here between the aliens? Aliens make contact. It makes a lot of sense for it to be the first event in Aliens Make Contact. All right, there we go then. Good. This is Worlds of Adventure from WLPP, LPFM 102.9 in Palinville, New York. Tonight, we are creating the setting for our entire pilot series using a game called Microscope. Microscope is a game where the four of us collaborate to create a story world. In Microscope, the players alternate adding periods, events, or scenes to the timeline. As time progresses and we add more of these things, we learn more and more interesting facts about the world that we're creating. So now the focus is going to rotate. Will have been as our, our next lens then. Sure. Uh, before we do that, I'm having trouble with a light age of chaos. Um, it's just not computing. <laughs> dinosaurs overrunning every, uh, everywhere, and um, that results in the world being dominated by creatures who are well-suited to live in it. Okay which humans aren't anymore. 
I think my focus is having the dinosaurs be coming more human esque. They've they're learning languages. Their the language has evolved. The rise of intelligence among the dinosaurs. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Like they've created jobs for themselves, uh, that kind of thing. Okay. So what what kind of an age does that lend itself to? Well, it could be like like an industrial age. Okay. So I think that would be an event or a period or a period. Rather. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be light. Okay. That goes between between the age of chaos and the aliens. Yeah. You're entitled to add an event to that because you're the lens. Sure. Hyperintelligence within the dinosaurs has found remnants of the interplanetary device. So that got sent out away from the Earth into deep space. Mm -hmm. The dinosaurs go after it. Remember the pallet band spaceships. Yeah. So how does the, the aliens intercept that? Yeah, and we've also we also established that the, the aliens are going to get their Kirby Nets on there. Right, okay. So at least it can't be in pieces. I mean, so it would almost, it would have to be well, relaunched. Well, that's, yeah, that's yeah. why I'm saying that it's like a remnant. It wouldn't be the exact, maybe it's just a schematic. That's oh. They could they could have the schematics. They could have this. They usually when NASA sends a probe, they'll build two of them and right. they'll launch one. So maybe they fa- maybe they found the backup. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is as close to collaborating as I can come because uh, I'm technically admonishing you for for breaking the palette and <laughs> the, and you fixed it. Rachel, you're next. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to add something to the industrial age, or can I add to any age? You can add it anywhere, but it, it needs to be on focus. So this is about the rise of intelligence and industrial society among among the dinosaurs. Oh, wonderful. Okay, all right. I'm going to say during the Age of Chaos, there's a scene. Mm-hmm. In what event? So you need, oh. there needs to be an event for a scene to happen. Sure, okay. You, so... can, you can only, you're not the lens, so you can only introduce one element. Oh, I see, I see. Okay, so then let's say sometime during the Age of Chaos, dinosaurs discover tools. The dinosaurs discover tools. How did the dinosaurs discover tools? That's going to be my scene. I'm going to set this on Portal Island. And I require some dinosaurs. I'm going to play a smaller dinosaur who's very hungry because the larger dinosaurs have been been taking all of the available food. I'm going to play a digging dinosaur that discovers an item of interest, a tool of interest. Okay. Uh, I'm going to play uh, a smaller, I don't, I don't know the technical term, but the smaller version of a brontosaurus who is uninterested in what the digging dinosaur is doing, but interested in what your dinosaur is doing because I'm the one stealing the food. You said you were a, a small sort of dinosaur who's hungry and just observing. And, um, and this who's been out, out-competed uh, for, for food by big, chompy monsters who are lurking about. I will be a, um, a big uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex type dinosaur who comes in and is, uh, is uh, trying to, um, and um, is hungry. <laughs> I'm thinking I want nothing to do with that big hungry Tyrannosaurus Rex. So I, I need to get away and I need to find, I need to find a food source that, that it's not going to hijack from me. I think that I'm going to try to use my defenses to to defend myself while trying to uncover the pool. 
So why are you interested in the tool? It might be edible. It looks, ah, it okay. looks interesting and okay. maybe it's shiny. And I'm also kind of slow in lumbering. So you're a small dinosaur. I'm I'm like a I'm like a, a little uh, chicken a raptor Dionychus. Um, sure, something small. So, so, yeah, yeah, over raptor or something. Yeah. Okay. And then you're like a T Rex, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm somewhere in the middle, I guess, based on what we've determined. So perhaps it's like the big fish, bigger fish, biggest fish. It could be. Yeah. So. Are, are you the middle so, fish? Yeah, so I'm hunting you. Ah, okay. And then perhaps you're hunting me. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas my, I think my dinosaur is probably like an ankylosaurus or something like that, where okay. I'm yep. primarily lumbering and yep. slow and I'm rooting in the ground and... <laughs> The stage is set, and here we are on, on Portal Island. Oh dear, there are, are two very large dinos dinosaurs near me. I need to get away, and no, oh, I'm so hungry. And I wah! fall down through a hole that got that got knocked in the the roof of an underground an underground laboratory, and I land uh, I land inside this odd space, and I'm I'm looking around. Mm. Mm. And there's an Ankylosaurus here. Uh, what's this thing over here? I don't even know. It's kind of weird. And it's shiny. I like it. Oh, wait. Oh, darn. There's a Tyrannosaurus. Oh, I better protect this thing, whatever it is. Yeah. What's that? What's that? Oh, what's that? that I, I, don't I, I wonder. What, what, uh, I wonder if that, that thing that that big armored thing has. I wonder if, I wonder if that's good to eat. Oh, wait a minute. I think I'll step on it and... <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> so you just got shot? Okay, so what are you guys doing? I'm uh, above the hole. Uh, I just saw you fall into the hole. Um, and I know uh, that... I look up pitifully. Uh, and there's, I just... there's a sun ray shining on me. And then it goes dark as claws come through the ground and a snout pushes its way through. Eat! So I, I, I scurry over to the uh, to the shocky thing, and I see this uh, this raft this uh, raptor creature with his tail sticking out of this hole, and it isn't <laughs> that it doesn't see me, and um, I see this opportunity. In desperation, I grab the shocky thing in one claw. Oh, this end doesn't shock me. Um, so I, I stick it up and uh, at the snout that's coming at me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So have we answered the question at this point? Yes. Dinosaurs discovered tools, so it's a world red in tooth and claw and threatened dinosaur used used it for self-defense. Yeah. What's interesting is that this thing is electrical also. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not just any old tool, but it's uh, for a first tool that's pretty uh, self-electrical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's no power. It uses some sort of nuclear battery or something. Well, but, yeah, that, remember in the very first scene we played, they needed a fusion reactor to power the portal. Right. And the portal presumably still going and that is light because that leads to the entire basis of later civilization.
Amanda, it's your turn to add an element. Our focus is how dinosaur intelligence evolved and led to an industrial society. For some reason, I'm thinking of a dinosaur inventing the cotton gin. Dinosaur inventor sparks in, sparks industrial revolution is uh, nice. sufficient to be an event by itself. And that looks like a good spot right there at the start of the industrial age. You have been listening to Worlds of Adventure on WLPP, LPFM 102.9 in Palinville, New York. Tonight, we've begun to create the setting for the story that we're going to be telling you throughout our pilot season. We've been using a game called Microscope. We've been creating a world where civilization has collapsed, and from the ashes, a new civilization of dinosaurs has emerged. Let's review what we've established so far tonight. The previous civilization of humans was destroyed. A Google-sponsored probe is sent from human civilization with all human knowledge into space to be discovered later. The last human makes a device to enable interplanetary travel possible. Why didn't the last human save humanity? They were in a corporate lab and short-term cost-cutting prevented its use. Spark from machine tips balance towards global warming. Finally, the dinosaurs overrun the world. How did they come to overrun the world? Well, the time portal opened, and all of the humans nearby who could stop the dinosaurs from coming through were too busy fighting each other to stop the dinosaurs. Following this was the Age of Chaos. Dinosaurs soon after discovered tools which led to an industrial age of the dinosaurs. Dinosaur inventor sparked the Industrial Revolution. Which led to hyper-intelligent dinosaurs finding remnants of the original interplanetary device from a backup probe. Aliens made contact shortly after. The aliens in space, meanwhile, had intercepted the original probe that was sent out by Earth with all of Earth human knowledge. Aliens started taking dinosaurs captive for scientific research. Afterwards, dinosaur civilization flourished. And the dinosaur Shakespeare had her day. And along the way, we learned about Portal City, the location where the dinosaurs originally came through to the present day, and a probe that contains all human knowledge. The end.
You just heard episode number 001 of Worlds of Adventure, From the Ashes, Dinosaurs. In episode one of our pilot season, the cast were Ben Feldman, Rachel Young, Amanda Yilmaz, and Susan Davis. Production and editing were by Susan Davis. Music was by Tim Roven of TabletopAudio.com and used by permission. Sound effects were by Tim Roven. Also Sprock Zarathustra was composed by Richard Strauss and performed by Kevin McLeod. If you missed our episode, we'll rebroadcast it Friday morning at 7 a.m., or you can download it from www.worldsofadventure.org or from episodesofadventure.wordpress.com. Worlds of Adventure is a production of WLPP LPFM 102.9 in Palinville, New York. Worlds of Adventure is copyright 2015 WLPP LPFM. All rights reserved. Worlds of Adventure is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. For information about how you can redistribute or rebroadcast this show, please refer to creativecommons.org. Tune in next week for another exciting adventure as we conclude our world building with From the Ashes, Dinosaurs, Part 2, here on WLPP, LPFM 102.9 in Palinville, New York. If you would like to be a volunteer cast member for a future season of Worlds of Adventure, please contact sue at worldsofadventure.org or adventure at wlppfm.org. No dinosaurs were harmed in the making of this program. Thank you for listening. Next time on Worlds of Adventure. Pardon me, here is your kelp water. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I spilled the kelp water. Samantha, <laughs> oh. sorry. <laughs> water goes all over the manuscript. Of course. <laughs> Everybody must support the decision. Great leader. Exciting news. My team and I went through the portal to planet 8675309 Beta Yulon, and there we found uh, the most interesting set of creatures there. And planetary evolution there seems to be moving at a, at a particularly fast rate. I think this this merits some further research funding so that we can harness their rapid evolution for ourselves. Think of all of the biological biological enhancements that we could have for our own people from, from this newfound source of wealth. I completely agree. We must move forward. So I am introducing an event, and the event is that it, the aliens are revealed to be Lovecraftian monsters. Ooh. Good one. Join us Monday evening at 8 here on WLPP, LPFM 102.9 in Palinville.